Hey everybody, Frank Finance here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Today I want to do a stock analysis on Ford, ticker symbol F. In today's stock analysis, I'm going to share my price target, some risk and opportunities. I'm going to look at the DCF model for Ford and give you my final thoughts on Ford as an investment. All right, now let's jump into my price target. I have Ford at $20 a share in the next 12 months, indicating about a 66% upside. They're trading around somewhere around $12 to $13 a share as of filming this video. And my DCF model, I have them much higher, around $36, $37 a share. And on the EBITDA multiple valuation, I have them around $32 a share. Now, the reasons why this is significantly lower and why I still think there is some more downside uh, risk in the short term between that three to six months window, I do think we see recession fears as well as low inventory could be infecting Ford and could hit us hard in Q2 and Q3. Now, I do think on the flip side of that, again, as I as my price target indicates, there is significant upside for Ford. I just don't think there's enough upside when you weigh it against the downside risk. Now, I will consider entering Ford around $10 a share, and that's kind of where I've, I've kind of set my buy target for Ford. Now, that doesn't mean they can't go lower than 10. It just means that that's where I would consider entering into a position. I'll keep a monitor on that and share as things change. Now, one of the things that we've talked about opportunities here is Ford, like Tesla and other things, are selling their vehicles before they ever hit the lot. Now, this is a big change for Ford, not a change for Tesla. Ford always had an inventory problems as well as like Chevrolet and Dodge. They always ran into these issues where, you know, you know, they always had previous year models sitting on the lot by the time the new ones came out, which indicated that they had high inventory. Which you know, you know, if you want to be lean and you want to have higher margins, you don't be you're not going to want to be sitting on inventory. Also, they were forced to sell at lower margins at the end of the year to get those get that inventory off its books. So the way they're selling stuff is as they're manufacturing it, it's being sold. So much to the fact that if you went in and tried to buy a, let's say 2021, or sorry, 2022 right now, by the time your vehicle is ready, you could actually only be, could actually be purchasing a 2023. I've seen this already occur um, in some folks that I've talked to around the, the, you know, in my personal circle. So I guess what I'm trying to tell you is, is that if this model is translates and they adopt it, Again, I do think there are, there are some laws around Ford selling directly to consumers, but they are able to affect how much they're producing and how much they just like decide to put on the lots. Now, I know some of it is out of their control at the moment, but as time goes on, I'm saying over the next two to three years, if things start to normalize in terms of supply chain, I'm curious to see what manufacturers, either whether they revert back to their old business model or they adopt a new business model such as Tesla, which is, in my opinion, a little bit higher margins because they're not having that inventory carry cost and having to get significant dis discounts at the end of the year. All right, jumping into my DCF model for Ford, I currently have their valuation on the DCF side around $37 a share, and on the EBITDA multiple valuation at around $32 a share. Now let's talk about some of the assumptions of how I got those two numbers. Now the first thing is the growth rate. I have them at 37, or, or sorry, 7% for 2022, and through 2026, 3%, and in the long-term growth rate at 3%. The discount rate for Ford, I have them at 10%, which is, uh, you know, on the lower side for um, since it is a larger company. Um, and then I have their shares outstanding around 4 billion. 
and their net debt around 12.7, uh, which is actually positive in their flavor, favor and adds to their current valuation. Um, going into some of the margins, I, again, I look at EBITDA, free cash flow, and revenue growth. Starting with revenue growth, we have, again, not a really great track record here. Really difficult to forecast this. In 2020, we saw the largest decline. Before that, they were growing in the very low single digits. So I do think that if you are looking at forward an opportunity, this 3% actually could be a little optimistic. 7% I do think is realistic this year based off of some of the projections, um, but we'll wanna pay attention to that as it will affect the valuation, obviously. Now, the second thing here is the EBITDA and the free cash flow. So with EBITDA, I have them at 18%, dropping back down to 12%. If you look at their EBITDA ratio over the last few years, we're seeing something similar to that. And I think that they're, I do think that their EBITDA ratio will stay improved based off on um, how they're handling their inventory. And a lot of that has to do with the supply chain issues and if they're able to maintain that. My opinion is, is that they're going to want to, you know, adopt that Tesla model of selling things before they ever hit the dealership versus you know, having high inventory. That's just my opinion. On the free cash flow side, um, you can see that that has been, you know, relatively above 7% most of the years, and it's been trending in that direction. So I do think, again, in 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 conjunction with what I was saying about the, I know they are having supply chain issues, chip shortages, you name it, but I do think that that inventory challenge and inventory um, situation where they're not carrying so much inventory will will go to higher margins and I think that will translate down to higher free cash flow. So I'm thinking eight, 10% over the next few years, um, dropping down to eight and 6% um, just to be a little bit more conservative in the, the terminal period. So that's that's kind of my assumptions. Um, the, the thing here is, again, I do still think it is a risky play, even though we have a $36, $37 valuation on the DCF side. I do think there is some instability and volatility to yet to come. Um, the value of, again, back when I valued it at $14 to $15 a share, I sold it around $16 and it rose to $25 a share and it's been dropping ever since and where we are today at about $12 a share. I did increase my price target to $20 a share now that we're on the lower side. But again, again, there is volatility ahead. The model suggests upside, but the recession and some other things I do think will impact it. And the last thing is, again, the, this whole free cash flow, I think they will benefit from the, the supply shortage. Um, and again, it could be a long-term benefit, but we'll have to wait and see. My gut feeling is they will adopt it, but who knows? All right, jumping to my final thoughts on Ford as an investment. So right now, the DCF model calculates that there's a significant upside from where they're trading around $12 all the way up to my price target of 20 with a DCF calculation of a $36 a share. So you're almost 3Xing your money on the DCF valuation and around 66% upside just on my price target. However, what am I doing? I'm just gonna sit on the sidelines for this one right now and around $10 a share is when I'll execute into the name. I think that gives me decent upside with a decent risk protection on the downside for Ford. Right now, I do think in the next two quarters, we could see continued um, downside. A formal recession has not actually been named. I do think there is, I could miss the boat. I will be, I'll be honest on that. I could miss the boat if Q2 uh, results, were, which are reported this coming week on the 27th, 
and they're extremely positive, I could miss the boat and you know I'll regret that. But again, right now, with the downside that I do see, I don't think the risk reward is quite there yet. I think there's more downside rather than upside in the short term, three to six months. If I do see that downside, like I said before, that's when I'm gonna be looking to buy. If you like this type of content, please consider subscribing. And if you do videos on personal finance, investing, and stock analysis, my name is Frank, Frank Finance.